This is Talking Orange with Bobby and James Chip. Uh, hold, hold up. Are we are we officially recording right now, or are we gonna like start the show in a few minutes? Because the last time we did it, I didn't think we were recording, and it ended up being like in the show. <laughs> See, that's my style. I, I take a little bit of everything when I'm doing these things, and I should warn people. But the good thing is, I'm looking out for you. So if you said an ex- expletive or something you, that the stock traders over there don't want you to hear, then <laughs> I'd cut that right out. All right, we're good. So, so we've started then. Is what you're, you're yeah. This you're, is this is on the record, James. Oh, all right, all right, we're in there. So, yeah, we do we do got a lot to talk about, man. We got some some recruiting updates. We got some Syracuse basketball in Italy, but uh, you know, I'll pitch it to you. We can start wherever you want. We're gonna start right there on the Syracuse recruiting trail. We have 2021 scoop, 2022 scoop. I'm Bobby Manning. That's James Zuba, still drinking wine out on every night. <laughs> Still, well, it's not every night. <laughs> all right, every other night. Once a week. Once all right. a week. All right. You make and me sound like I got like a drinking problem. No, no, one a night's fine. <laughs> it's for the blood flow. <laughs> no, it, it is about once a week though. Actually, on the wine. Uh, big, uh, big Pinot Noir guy myself. Uh, I'm a big fan of the the Willamette Valley, uh, that region up in Oregon. So, if anybody's got any, uh, you know, looking to give me a gift or something, uh, might be might be an idea. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm a big fan of that one too, and you've yeah. been enjoying some slam games this weekend. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I was out at up at Dykeman this past weekend. I was actually at the Rucker too. Saturday they had the uh, the New York versus New York game, but uh, it was my first time at the Rucker and second time at Dykeman. So it was the the Slam Summer Classic. Uh, you know, some of the best the best prospects in the country, uh, biggest recruits and. You know, 2020, 2021, and even had a few 2022 kids there. Uh, so I was up there this weekend, got treated to some good basketball and uh, and a few updates from some Syracuse guys. All right, and if you, if you go over to uh, noonsmagician.com, Andre Jackson, Dior Johnson updates. The Syracuse has offered both of these guys, and Jackson's that big one, class of 2020, uh, for next year because this guy's an elite recruit, right? We're talking about one of the top guys in the class, Uh Pretty much what the Orange missed in Isaiah Stewart this last year going to Washington. Uh, they could have had a top-tier center prospect. Now it looks like a top-tier wing prospect is not only on their list, but a guy who seems to love Syracuse, doesn't he? He he does. He's very interested in Cuse. Uh, I think he's a little underrated just because the Albany City Rocks weren't as good this summer as they were in 2018. I don't think he necessarily got the exposure that uh, he could have warranted, which I think might work out well for Syracuse. But um, but before I get into Dre, can I can I tell you the story about how I actually got the interview and, and how much effort it That's required? what I was dying to hear because you said <laughs> only videographers were going to get credentials. Right. You weren't going to get interviews with these guys, and out of nowhere we get two interviews. All right. So, so we'll get to Dre, uh, but first I, I just got to tell the story because I think it's so funny. But – uh, so I, I did the event last year, and Gerard and, and Andre were both playing in it, actually. So I, I talked with them last summer, too. But, uh, you know, the, the Slam folks, they reached out. Uh, I think they just took the approved, you know, media list from last year and reached out to everybody. And, you know, I get an email, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to do it again. You know, here's all my info. Let me know if you need anything else. And then about a week later, uh, this is this is probably about a week before the event, I get an email back saying my credential request has been declined. 
and they're like, uh, only reason is, you know, we're doing videographers and there's like limited space on the baseline where the media seating is. So, uh, long story short, I ended up just showing up yesterday and, and talking to the contact there. And I was like, hey, like, I'm, I'm James Zuba, you know, the, the one you denied a media request to. Like, w- would you uh, would you mind just like if, if a seat opens up, could I just get like a spot in there by chance? Like, could you just get a hold of me and let me know? And, and the line was like ridiculous. So there were there were some people that got denied access to the event. So if this didn't happen, I might not have gotten in. But um, she, she goes. She goes, yeah, actually, like, I could just let you in right here, but there's no media seating. So you got to go sit, like, on the baseline uh, where, like, the players are, excuse me, the sideline uh, where the players' families are. All right. So so I had to, like, rustle through some guards who were, like, questioning me about how I got in and, like, why I didn't have a wristband and all this. And I'm like, well, I'm media, and, I, like, I gave them the whole story. And then uh, towards the end of the event, Actually, actually ended up sitting next to Dior Johnson's mom during the game, which was pretty funny. Uh, but towards the end of the event, you know, they're separating like the players from the rest of the crowd. And it's the same deal, same security guard. And he goes, he's like, you can't come in. You don't have a wristband. I'm like, I'm like, look, I just got to get this interview real quick. Like, I mean, he's like, you can't get in here. No, like, you're not coming in. I'm like, I'm like, listen, like, I'm media. There's a story. You guys talked with me earlier. Like, I got to get in. And he's like, all right, fine. And he like, he lets me in. This I is brilliant he was gonna let me in. I didn't think he was going to let me in. And then, uh, you know, he let, he lets me in. And sure enough, I, I see Dre. And afterwards, I saw Dior. got a couple updates. And, uh, and there we are. But. As a, a former DO guy, Matthew Gutierrez said recently, there's there's a lot of power in, in just showing up and you know seeing what could happen if you just show up and, and talk to the right people. A lot of people in those shoes feel like there's like these invisible walls holding them back when it's really just an open place like anywhere else in the world, unless someone physically pulls you away. For sure, you're in for, there. For sure. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, like I wasn't looking for a special treatment or anything. I just, you know, I showed up and, and I just thought like maybe if somebody else in media doesn't show up and there's an extra seat, you know, maybe I could get a text or something and slide in there. But, um, you know, she, the lady was nice enough. She's actually a Q's alum. Um, she's nice enough to let me in and, uh, you know, the rest, the rest worked out pretty well. So, uh, sometimes you just got to move heaven and earth to get some, some recruiting updates. That's how you got to do it, I guess. So those, those guys are down the line. I know a lot about Jackson. Just a yeah. phenomenal athlete, probably one of the best athletes they'd be landing in years if they did draft him. Uh, what, what about this Dior Johnson guy for 2022? What do we know about him? Yeah, yeah. So he's actually a, a Kingston, New York native. A lot of people think he's from Saugerties, but he, he you know, made it a point to say he's actually from Kingston. Um, formerly played at Saugerties High School and then has since transferred out. Um, he's, he's playing high school ball up in, out in L.A., actually. Um, playing with Fairfax out there. And then he runs with Strive for Greatness on the AAU circuit. Uh, so some people might be familiar with that name, but it's, it's LeBron James's program. And uh, obviously he runs with Brownie James out there. So he's, he's widely considered to be the best guard in the class of 2022. Uh, really athletic, has a lot of moves. Uh, and Syracuse has been on him from the get-go. Um, I was talking with him yesterday and he just said, He's like, actually, Syracuse has been, they've been recruiting me since I was in seventh grade. You know, I just posted the the offer this summer, but they've been on me for forever. He's like, I've known GMAC and Bayheim for, you know, as, as long as I've been in like seventh, uh, I think he said seventh or eighth grade. He's known him since. So, um, Cuse has been on him early and he, he could end up skipping the college game altogether if the NBA gets rid of the one and done rule. But it seems like he's very high on Syracuse, uh, 
at this stage and, and I think more so than any other school. I love the quote at the end, I'm out of here. If they're letting high yeah. school guys go through, he didn't think twice about that one, did he? He, he actually did. Uh, you know, I asked him and, and there was a little bit of pause. It, he looked to his friend. He's like, he's like, what do you think, man? Like, <laughs> if, I, if I got a chance straight to the league, should I go? And he's like, yeah, like if given the chance, I'm out of here, you know? So uh, I, I think everybody sees that coming. You know, he's kind of under LeBron's wing and, and people know about him already. So uh, if the NBA gets rid of that rule by 2022, he's, he's probably going straight to the league. 2021, 2022 is that range that they're thinking it's going to be gone we'll see what happens on that front it's great to see recruiting really on the come up on this front and especially a LeBron guy because a year ago that whole Baisley situation when there was that indirect spat between Bayheim and LeBron everyone went oh no because LeBron really does have a grip on this funnel now with Rich Paul Clutch Sports Paul actually going to be able to, you know, represent college athletes as the head of the NBA testing ground. There was the big controversy on that, that they ba- effectively banned him with the bachelor's degree rule there. So he's right. back in the fold. LeBron's always going to be in the fold with these kids, especially with his son coming up into the college game in the next uh, three, four years or so. So definitely want to have good terms with that camp there, as frustrating as they can be. No, for sure. I, I think that was... You know, that happened in media day last year. I think it was made into more than what it really was. Um, by all accounts, it's it's been reported that Bayham has a great relationship with LeBron through USA Basketball. And um, I, I'm not really sure what that was about, the, the oh, they big mad thing. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it was made into more than, than what it actually was. All right, let's get on to Italy. Another great place for wine. I saw a couple of the players sipping wine at those dinners, mostly sodas. Um, they were handed sick packs of waters after the game while the other team was eating pizza and beer in the locker room. So they, they did their best to keep it very healthy out there as, mu- as much as they could. And we basically got a look into the rotations, which was my big takeaway with this thing. We talked about starting lineups last show that we were talking especially about Sidibe and how he was going to look out there. So I do want to start there with him. Uh, yeah. Alan Griffin went on ESPN today, said that you know he's not in his top conditioning form yet, but he's healthy. And boy, did he look it out there. I was not expecting a 17-rebound game from him, even against that competition. But he was double-digit rebounds. He was scoring inside, just overpowering these guys. And you know what? The most impressive thing I saw out there is that this guy came to Syracuse as a shot blocker, as an elite defender, and he was back to doing that with a five-block game out there as well. Sure. Uh, you, you were not buying the Barama Sidibe starting center last last podcast. As, and he, as he, he completely reversed me. <laughs> he reversed. <laughs> no, he, he does. like, And I think we, we talked about it last time, but you know, it, it all really comes down to his health. Uh, we saw what he could do his freshman year, and um, obviously he had the tendonitis, and that, that held him back uh, the remainder of that year and also last year too, but yeah, he, he looked good. I mean, you want to, you want to take everything with a grain of salt, given the competition level over there, it's not going to be anywhere near as high, uh, or as physical as the ACC is going to be, but, but he looked good. He looked really mobile. Um, he was able to get up, you know, into the high post and he was getting out to the corner as well and blocking some shots all the way in the corner. Yeah. Not first game right away. Yeah, yeah. If he can be mobile and and go out there and rebound even at half the rate that he was doing out there, he should be pretty good this year. He was very impressive. 
just had that explosion back in him, it seems like, which is exactly what they're going to need out there. And they fared well in his minutes. Uh, Jesse Edwards, definitely some hype around him and the skill set, but they were not as solid as in- inside when they rotated to him. No Marek, right. no John Bolajai. So out of this trip, I come away with them starting him in all four games, and I say it's his spot to lose there in training camp. And a couple of interesting quotes from Beheim, Alan Griffin, during that stretch as well. Beheim said that Dolajai is going to be exclusively a forward this year, which is something I yeah. suspected. So mm-hmm. I think I think you could slot him either as that sixth man or the starting power forward. But Quincy Garrier went out there and absolutely dominated the boards as well. So if you're starting a Garrier-Sadibe 4-5 combo, which is similar to what they did last year with uh, Brissett, and Chukwu, I think they're going to have the boards all sealed up, especially with how good of a rebounder carry is. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think you hit on an interesting point that, you know, if Marek is going to exclusively play forward, it is interesting because you got a guy in Robert Braswell who looks very capable of playing, but he just might be on that outer cusp of the rotation. So if, if Marek's not going to play center, maybe that doesn't leave as many minutes for him, uh, given the Garrier's probably going to start. And well, he take... played a little bit of center on this trip, didn't he? Who's who's that? Braswell. Uh, I, I didn't see him in the middle there. I'm pretty sure it was just on him. On the edge that... with uh, yes. Edwards, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I do think that if, if Marek's exclusively going to play forward, that might not give him much of an opportunity there. But to your point, Garrier looked great. Um, he looked most impressive to me on the boards. And, again, the, the physicality is not anywhere near where it's going to be the ACC. But he looked really good just going up and getting the ball and then finishing around the rim, too. He was really good. Um, he had a couple putback dunks and some, some tough left-handed finishes inside. So uh, if he can do that, uh, that's going to be a big lift for Syracuse with, with O'Shea Brissett gone this year. They drew a ton of fouls as well. There was pace. There was spacing. And that was the big story out of this is that this team's going to play differently this year. I can't see them doing what they did out here in Italy and going back to that old plotting style. When Gary and Sidibe were out there, it definitely slowed down a little bit. But they went three guards, some man. I don't even want to talk about the man yet because until, <laughs> until that's visible later, I don't think it's a real possibility. But I almost <laughs> guarantee that there's going to be more pace and space this year. Yeah, just based on personnel, too. I mean, so so Beheim did go man, and when he did, uh, not not the entire time, but when he did go three guard, it was only in man. So I, I don't think you'd ever see three guards in the in the zone this year. And, uh, I, you know, we could skip over the man, but I don't think Beheim's playing man this year He's at not. all. <laughs> but just based on personnel, you know, you got Buddy Beheim out there, you got Gerard, and you got Hughes, all guys that are capable of, of getting up and down. Uh, with Carey at the point who likes to push it. So guys that can space the floor there. And then also uh, one guy I want to talk about is, is Bryson Goodine, who yep. was a better shooter than I thought he was. And I'm pretty sure that he's going to get minutes this year. I mean, he looked really good over there. He cashed in on the opportunities that he got, and he was filling all the box scores, stealing, rebounding, dishing the ball a little bit. He didn't come in as a point guard, and they were putting him in that position through some of these games. And he had a big set up for Joe Girard in one of the games too at the end. They were up five or six so it wasn't really like a game stealing one. It was the uh, game against Varesi, the first one. At the end of the right. game they were up 66-59. He drove to the hole and kicked it out to uh, Girard who pretty much sealed it. He already had a nice driving layup uh, a three pointer 
found Garrier for a make in that as well. Like, that was just such an excellent game right off the bat for him. When some of the other guys were struggling, Carey didn't play too well in that game. Uh, you know, Bayheim wasn't lighting it up like he did in some of the later ones, and Howard Washington didn't really do anything in that game. So they needed the creation he gave him in that one. Yeah, for sure. The, the two guards off the bench, Gerard and, and Godin, were good in that situation. But, yeah, I think I think Godin's going to play. I mean, he looked like he's that third guard in rotation. Um, it was either the, the second or third game, Jalen got off to a really good start. And uh, uh, Gerard came in for uh, for Buddy while Jalen stayed in. So that was that was the only situation where Gerard got in ahead of Godin. But I think he just wanted to keep Jalen Carey in there. So... Uh, I think I think Godine is probably the third guard in rotation as it looks now. Now a lot can change from now to the beginning of the season, but uh, it sure looks like he's going to play this year. Well, let's circle back to Carey. He he got the dominant minutes at point guard. That was another thing we were talking about last time. Does he lean to a the veteran in Washington? Does Carey get the benefit of the doubt after the rough season last year and he did there was only one game where Washington got more minutes than him and besides the passing game I thought Washington had some real good backdoor looks and overall just dished the ball around really well to the shooters I I think Carey blew him away from many respects scoring pace even defensively they were breaking into some of the zones Carey rotated back and got a steal on a center he just looked great out there on that end so overall I think besides the three-point game which Washington actually shot pretty well during this trip I think and the passing game I think Carey basically secured that spot on this trip rebounding scoring he's got it all yeah for sure and you bring up a point defensively he rebounded really well out of the zone too um, so he he looks really good. Uh, obviously, very explosive. We've all we've always known that he's had that, but he was getting to the rim at ease over there, and he had the little pull up game working for him too. You know, just a little 12, 15 footer, and I, I think he passed the ball really well too. I mean, that was one of my questions coming in is, you know, can he run the offense? We know he can go out and he can score, but can he run the offense? And so far, you know, again, make the point that you know, they're playing against guys that are probably Division two or Division three level. Uh, but his reads were accurate, and he made a lot of sound decisions out there. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be the starting point guard from day one. And from there, yeah, like like you said about Sadibe, it's his job to lose. So stylistically, what are we expecting from this team? Because they did shoot a ton of threes in this. I think they were at 43% last year overall, the amount of threes they took as a percentage of their shots. This trip, they were 52. They were just hammering that three-point line out there even though it's the deeper international line different balls for all except one of the games the first game Bayheim was like get these out of here and they used the Syracuse (laughs) ball (laughs) so there's definitely going to be a lot of three-point shooting with this team when carries in there they play very fast and from a lineup perspective they might even be going with that small lineup with Garrier at the four like they did last year so definitely some advancement from the Syracuse team like it finally looks like they're embracing the modern era we'll never know until the games actually start but it was egalitarian everybody was getting minutes everybody was getting shots I I wonder if that's going to be how it looks this year they definitely have a team to play like that yeah for sure and and what Beheim wants Beheim gets on the balls you know he's not playing with the international ball that was that was funny but yeah, uh, I think when everything is going well, uh, it makes things look a lot easier. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens when the road gets a little bit more challenging. But but at least for sure, I mean, the way they played in Italy, uh, a little bit of pace and space, getting up and down. I, I think you could definitely see that with Jalen at the point who likes to get up and push the pace. 
and then you got guys that can space the floor. So definitely a lot more shooters than what Syracuse has had in the past. Um, I think that should translate to, to the season ahead. And we even got to see a little bit of offense run in Italy, something we haven't seen uh, too recently in Syracuse. Yeah, so what did you see out there in that respect? <laughs> yeah, Syracuse was running a little bit of wheel offense out there. Shout out to everybody that, that felt the need to remind me that on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, I think we could see a return of the double high um, in years past. Uh, you know, they, they used to run a play for Sutherland with a double screen and then the screen, the screener action to free him up for a three. Uh, I think he could run that with Elijah a little bit this year at forward with the double screen there. But uh, yeah, and they even had some some uh, out of bounds inbounds plays uh, last year. I think it was primarily just, you know, Frank Howard taking the ball out and running in the corner to go and get it. Uh, but on a few separate plays, they, they ran some offense out of the out of bounds. So uh, it's very encouraging to see. And hopefully that carries over to the season ahead. Yeah, and they just had some wonky personnel the last few years that they had to deal with. The big Chukwu minutes, isolation-heavy guys who were suited to that. I think they went to an extreme with that stuff that really frustrated us, but they probably didn't have the personnel to run some of the stuff that they did in further back years, as you remember. No doubt. And, and, you know, Syracuse's defense, I think, a lot of times over the past two years, uh, Syracuse's best shot was just highest battle going one-on-one. You know, not not to, uh, you know, blame anybody there, but I think that that was oftentimes Syracuse's best look. And even with Pascal at the five a little bit, you know, it's tough in the screen and roll because, you know, defenders can come up, they can just double the ball, and then if he's catching it, you know, around 15 feet, there's not much he can do with it there. And then even if you sub Marek in and run the high screen and roll there, he's costing you a little bit something on the defensive end, so... Uh, definitely a tough personnel to work with there, and and I think uh, you know there was it was a team more suited to go one on one with guys like him and Howard. Did anything concern you on this trip? Because my biggest one is the turnovers. There were turnovers up and down the lineup throughout these games. The you know ball handling came from a lot of different directions. That's a struggle that Carey has had in the past, and they mm-hmm. definitely outlitted some of those you know distribution minutes to Hughes. That we've seen in the past a little bit to Bayheim, but not too much. Goodin off the bench got a chance to do that a little bit, and Washington as well. But up and down the board, I mean, the bigs in the first game turned it over a lot, and throughout the mm-hmm. tournament, I just thought it was a pretty high total on that end. And that was my big knock on Gary too, is he gave it away a little bit too often. Uh, that was yeah. my biggest concern. Anything else stick out to you there? Yeah, no, I, I think you hit on a good point. I mean, anytime in, in a games like these, they're really like a summer league atmosphere. Uh, it just tends to be a little bit sloppy. But um, there were a few times where it just seems like guys weren't on the same page. Uh, maybe a ball was thrown just you know a few feet off and uh, resulted in a turnover the other way. I, I think with reps and, and with practice, you definitely you definitely tighten those things up a little bit. So. Um, there, but but there really wasn't much to pick at. I mean, Syracuse played really well on the offensive end. They passed the ball really well. Um, I don't think anybody took too too bad of a, a shots. The shot selection was there. Um, so so there's really there's really not too much other than a few turnovers and maybe a few lapses defensively. Uh, there's really not too much you can pick at here if you're a Syracuse fan. All right, last thing from a strategic standpoint. How are you looking at this rotation now? We we talked about this. I gave my new opinion. I'm all in at Sadiba at the center if he's going to seal up that rebounding issue that they seem to have coming in. Doesn't look as bad of an issue with Carey, Garrier, and Sadiba playing well in this tournament. Uh, what, what are the rotations looking like for you? You think this goes 7-8 deep, or you think a lot of these guys get minutes like they did here? 
Well, we know Beheim's going to have at least seven. So you got the starting five, and then in my mind, it's Marek Dolajai off the bench, and Bryson Goodine is that third guard. Uh, how deep he wants to go, I think earlier in the season, you got to look at Joe Girard at the at the next guard there, and then probably Jesse Edwards backing up Sidibe at the five. Uh, obviously, that, that's nine deep. Uh, I think Beheim will be uh, tempted to trim that down a little bit once ACC play starts up. But in my opinion, I don't think it's a team that's going to go much more deeper than nine. No Washington. No, no Washington. As, as much as you know, he's easy to root for, and he's he's a great, very insightful kid, very eloquent when you talk to him too. Uh, definitely a kid you want to cheer for. But but at this point, I think the other guards are just ahead of him in the rotation. He looked good on the trip. I mean, he he knocked down threes. I think he made good decisions and all that. But the other guards are just ahead of him at the rotation at this point. I'm probably out on Braswell as well. He was playing poorly in those first two games, and he came up bigger in the second two. Uh, yeah, he was able to get on the scoring board. They fed him a lot of minutes, which was interesting. But it definitely looks like he's still a little too raw to break into this rotation. Even though he's really good at the zone, he gets his hand on a lot of balls. He definitely has a good sense for all the rotations on that end of things. It's mm-hmm. just where where does he fit in in the offensive scheme of things? I don't think he brings enough on that side of the ball yet. Even though he is a good rebounder, those type of things. I mean, everyone was looking good in the zone for the most part out there. Yeah, everybody was clicking on the zone. I mean, I think they, they had a few lapses in there. Um, the, the most impressive to me was Barama. Again, I think we already touched on that, so no need to beat that point home. Um, Edwards looked a little out of place at times, but you have to remember that he didn't practice with the team. You know, he was out in the Netherlands visiting with family when Syracuse was back at Mello working out. So uh, the, the more he gets in shape and the more reps he gets and practices, I think he can fit in as a nice stretch five there. Uh, but, but, yeah, I think everybody was moving well in the zone for the most part. Starting guards look good. Uh, I thought Jalen played really good D, and, and same with the the guards off the bench. All right, let's get into some jokes and garbage here from this trip. <laughs> there was a lot to digest besides food. I, they beat the food stuff to death in the coverage out there, which would have been tough for me to do as well because I love my food. But <laughs> that fourth game, man, what a mess. I mean, we take a lot of procedural stuff for granted <laughs> following up North American professional sports but i can just like count on two hands the amount of like ridiculous things no ac in any of these buildings really and in the last game it was about 100 degrees in the gym yeah you had bats yeah. flying around in the first game yeah. you pretty much just had open garages cooling <laughs> down these gyms uh, we already talked about the pizza and beer in the post-game locker room in that first game uh gee is, am i missing anything here no, no. I mean, I think you you're touching on. I mean, there wasn't so, even so, a broadcast for the fourth game. I felt I can't get any film on the fourth game. You know, I think sometimes we forget how good we have it here in the states for sure. Um, you know, especially on the basketball front. But yeah, the the last game, Virtus Roma. I mean, shout shout out to Donna Donna Detota's reporting. Uh, you know, 100 degree gym. You know, guys are, are sweating through their jerseys. Uh, I think some of the guys in one half alone had like eight bottles of water. And they were they were working with some ice too, but uh, yeah, no no AC in a hundred degree gym. You had uh, two tone painted walls. You had a giant courtyard uh, in the the Virtus Roma gym. You could see right outside. You had lawn chairs on the end line. So uh, I don't know what that was. I haven't seen anything like that since like high school summer league basketball in Syracuse. That was crazy. And that's tough because when you fill your <laughs> stomach with water, that's the other side of it. You start feeling funky in your stomach if you get eight bottles of water in you, especially if you chug them. 
Sure. It's like a double-edged sword. You need the water. Obviously, you need to stay hydrated. That's the most important thing. But, you know, I don't, I don't know how some of these guys made it the whole game without having to go to the bathroom, man. I mean, that's <laughs> – granted, you're sweating a lot of that out. But, you know, that's that's a lot of water you're consuming there. So, I don't know, man. The clock broke down a couple of times in that fourth game as well. The clock broke down. I think everything broke down a few times in that game. So, Syracuse is – Heading back to the States, I'd imagine today, either today or tomorrow, I think uh, today was their last day there, so tomorrow they're probably headed back. It, yeah. it was it was good. You know, I know a couple other teams went out there, Illinois, uh, Marquette took a trip to Europe as well. Syracuse has done this a couple times in the past. I think the most recent was 2013 when they made the Final Four. So you do get 10 extra practices out of this. Guys were back on campus much earlier. Uh, they definitely got the conditioning head start that they needed, especially when they're talking about Sidibe, Edwards, those two primary centers being a little bit behind on that end. And they seem to form a little bit of a you know style that they can form around like an identity i would say of who they are on this trip which was very important and they needed this with how young this team was yeah for sure i think one thing we haven't talked about is just the team bonding aspect as well uh this is a trip that those guys are going to remember for the rest of their lives you know they get a chance to be just with the team uh and some some extended family members as well so it was cool taking a boat to a game yeah, for sure. They're taking boats all around, taking tours up in Lake Como, boat taxis and all that. So, uh, you know, it's it's just a cool experience, a chance for those guys to bond on and off the court. And, and something that, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll all remember for the rest of their lives. It, it's it, it reminded me, too, how different Italian is than Spanish. I Going through these box tour scores, I know this set a lot of people off finding the box scores, figuring out who did what. They were in Italian, so all the statistics you had a not only like link to their key down below on this like, you know, iPhone picture of a box score, you have to go and translate it as well. So everybody had to figure out what, you know, PF is, PS, all these different things that just made no sense. That was that took me about an hour or two today, getting just all those things translated and getting all the stats filled up. So that's another thing we take for granted is that modern scoring that they provide us over there at the iSchool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the three punties. I think that was that was a relatively easy one to figure out. Yeah, you got like FS, FT, all these other things. So uh, a little difficult to figure out there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, at least uh, three out of the four games had a box score and something to reference there. So uh, better than nothing. Mike Waters did put one together for the fourth. So I was able to find like all the stats for the four games combined. Yeah, shout out to Mike there for keeping keeping stats. That's uh, very, very big, very big. Yep, so go check that out if you want to see who lost the most balls, who recovered the most balls, and then we'll get back to steals and balls. turnovers when they get back. <laughs> Last thing, Elijah Hughes taking over this team this year. I have a feature on him coming closer to the preseason. We got to see Once. him in that role for the first time. And it was interesting. I, I, he, he was kind of doing what he did last year, taking a ton of threes, hitting a ton. He had five in that game that was like sectioned off by four quarters, and then he had the half-court shot that won the third quarter. So he, he's not phased by too much out there. He does a little bit of playmaking to his game, but it looks like even though he's going to be their go-to scorer, it's not going to be too different from what he was doing last year. Yeah, for sure, and I can't wait to read the feature. Uh, sounds like he got some really good reporting on there. Took a trip out to Beacon, so I'm looking forward to reading that. But, 
Yeah, I, I don't think there, there's any reason to believe that he's not going to be the guy on the team this year. Uh, you know, obviously was there with a three-point shooting, had five in the last game, including the one that he banked in uh, at the end of the third quarter. And he looked good off the dribble, too. I think that's the most important thing you wanted to see if you were a Syracuse fan is what can he do off the dribble? And he made that secondary read, you know, finishing over the help. Or if the, the help came early, he was kicking out. Uh, a lot of times on the fast break, he was finding Buddy Beheim too, spotting up on the opposite side. So he looked he looked really good. Uh, not not too much you could you could criticize there. Hughes' game, he looked really good from start to finish on the entire trip. Well, that's the thing when the going gets rough in ACC play. Can he make a play besides just spotting up? And they're gonna lean on him to do that, I think, to a large degree. Him and Carey especially. When the going gets rough, when the threes aren't falling. That's the downside of a three-point shooting team. There's going to be those games that they just aren't following, and they have to look for that instant outlet of offense. Tyus Battle's not there anymore. Brissett's not yep. there anymore. And, you know, during his coldest stretch last year, Hughes did run into that trouble of getting in between, dribbling his way into the hole, and, you know, finding reads from there, too, as you spoke about. Yeah, sometimes he would over-dribble a little bit. Last year, he would dribble, try to do too much, and it would result in a turnover, but... Um, the, the decision-making looks a little bit better uh, this summer. I think that's that's something he's just going to have to do next year is be that pressure release guy. There's no more Tyus Battle. There's no more O'Shea Brissett. Um, you know, the, those guys aren't going to be able to, to bail you out, so he's got to step up and be that guy this year when the going gets rough or when another team goes on a run. And even the Italian reporters were curious about the man-the-man. <laughs> I love uh, the, the Jim Beheim. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, he says. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any chance Syracuse plays man this year, but it was cool to see them go three guards and play a little man-to-man defense in the summer league game. Are you excited for FIBA now that the Italy trip's over? The next dose of basketball we're going to get is that international play. Uh, Team USA's losing players like crazy. I'm, I'm not looking forward to FIBA, to, to be honest with you. I haven't paid attention to anything USA basketball at all this summer. Uh, just because it's probably the worst team that's been rolled out in the past four or five Olympics. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm really not looking forward to it. <laughs> I am. You know why? <laughs> uh, who who from the Celtics is playing? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's James Zuba. I'm Bobby Manning. We will link up with you in about 10 days. Ciao, guys. Be good. <laughs>